We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. That gentleman you see over there staring at his phone right now is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Jeff, I have a question for you before we get started today. Um, yes. The last game that you were at last night, where was it? What, what arena did you go to? <laughs> you think I remember? Uh, it was the IUPUI one, Bankers – no, uh, not Bankers. Uh, Indiana Coliseum – what's it called? Uh, Farmers. 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 Oh, yeah. Who who played in that game? Uh, uh, I don't know. I have no idea who played in that game. Was it, it Villanova? Was it Villanova and Winthrop? It might have been Villanova Winthrop. Yes. What was the What was the final score of the the Villanova Winthrop game? Man, I, I was hoping for the backdoor cover so bad, <laughs> so bad. And it just <clears throat> you were worried. You were sweating it out. I was, I was so worried. And look, yeah. look, I, I, had a bunch, I had a bunch of money on it, right? Yeah. But I cared so much more about being able to come on the stream and say <laughs> I was right and you were wrong. Like that's a, I, I know I, you could have taken the money that I had on that bet. I knew it right away. You know, when I knew it the first time Chandler Vaudrin <clears throat> drove to the basket, I knew it. I knew it was over. Seriously. I knew the game was over because he had the same lift that you have. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, seriously, it might as well have been you out there trying to get by dudes that score around the basket against Jeremiah Robinson Earl and, Jermaine Samuels and all those other guys. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. Yeah. The two, yeah. The two trendy upset picks um, ended up not hitting. But I, I will say this. Uh, or Roberts and, and North Texas, we both we both talked about that. Yeah. We, we yeah. talked about how those matchups made sense to be upsets. And we talked about how we didn't love the uh, the other – Oral Roberts or um, – not, not Oral Roberts. We didn't love Winthrop or, uh, or Colgate to be upsets. Um, so let's let's spend a little bit of time on those games before we move on um, and talk about yeah. uh, today's slate. So which one I, – I think Oral Roberts is one of my favorite upsets in a while. And, and What happened? I mean, it had to be. But, but again, we kind of saw him because of Kyle Young, right? Like yeah. Ohio State with Kyle Young, we were like, all right, they've overachieved all year. We've talked about this, you know, kind of ad nauseum all season. Like Chris Holtman got as much as he could. That roster is probably – you know, a a top five-ish Big Ten team, ultimately. But but he 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 maximized them, and then you take Kyle Young out. Kind of like to me, I'm not going to say the same as is being without uh, Isaiah Livers for Michigan, but like similarly, they need all their pieces at Ohio State, and we saw that. The, the crazy part to me, and you probably watched more of the game than I did, 
because I was at a, another game. The crazy thing to me was that they couldn't uh, – that they allowed Max Asmus and, and uh, uh, Kevin uh, O'Banner to, to get as many open looks from three as they did. Well, I mean, that's the problem with Ohio State's defense is that yeah. they don't really play defense. And um, they can't really guard ball screens, and that's what Oral Roberts does. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why – I mean, we kind of knew it. Like, that, that, was the, that was the perfect matchup, which is why, ironically enough, like the reason that we were on the over – was because we just assumed that neither team was going to be able to stop each other. Now, neither of us predicted that they would play that game at like a 65-possession pace, which is what they did, um, and, and that's why that, that total went to overtime. It didn't even come close to the number, which kind of sucked, but whatever. I, I think I had four losses yesterday on my back. <laughs> so, um, the thing I loved about it, Jeff, is that Max Asmus and Kevin O'Banner were guys that like we've kind of known about all season, right? Like we saw – we saw Asmus go for 33 against, I think it was Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And we saw him put 20 on Arkansas. And we saw him put 28 on Wichita State in Wichita. And we saw the performances that he had. Like, he had one stretch in February where over the course of four games, he averaged 37 points. He went for 40 twice in the stretch of yep. four games. He had a seven-game stretch where he hit at least four threes in every single game during that stretch. He ended up being the nation's leading scorer. Um, Kevin O'Banner was not, like, as much of a, a mid-major darling. But, you know, he had he had 27 on Arkansas earlier this year. Then in the Summit League tournament, he had that tip in at the buzzer, and he had two monster dunks on yep. North Dakota State in their win in the title game. And it was like, okay, these are the mid-major guys that we love, and these right. are the guys that we're going to be talking about. And it's I, I love when those guys that we kind of hype up and we say, like, these are the guys we've been watching all season yep. long. And if you're not a college basketball fan, keep an eye on them. And then they turn into, like, the mid-major darlings of the, the tournament. It's just all, I, I love it yeah. when it plays out like that because, you know, these are guys that we – part of the reason why we love college basketball is these mid-major guys that um, that that don't get enough attention that are just killing everybody at the lower levels. And it's great to see them shine when they get their opportunity. Those two combined for 59 points yesterday. My sources, that's Jeffrey, tell me that that's good. pretty good. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. And yeah, I mean, listen, now uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean – the big thing is always like, all right, now when they win, like how how far can they uh, can they go? Is they can beat Florida, they can beat them. Of course they can. Of course they can. It's not a it's not a horrible matchup at all for them. In fact, I, I, I don't know if the spread. I'm sure it's out already. Um, I don't know what it is at this point. I can probably find it. Six uh, six and a half at Bet Rivers. I checked it last. Yeah, night. I'm surprised. Like that's high. That's kind of high. In a way, um, I would probably be on Florida at that number. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, the, the difference is that um, I think that Oral Roberts ha- actually had the two best players on the floor uh, yeah. last night, and I, I don't think that's going to be the case when they go up against Trey Mann of Florida. Um, and I also don't know how Oral Roberts will deal with Colin Castleton. I actually, as, as weird as it sounds, I think Ohio State is a much better team than Florida, but I think Florida is much more built to be able to deal with somebody like Oral Roberts than. Yeah. Uh, than Arkansas is. All right, so we also had North Texas yep. uh, knock off Purdue um, in overtime again, and we yep. had Syracuse blow out uh, San Diego State yep. thanks to 30 points from Buddy Bayheim. Um, you know what? So Oregon State blew out Tennessee. Like, what was your – do you have any overarching takeaways from day one? Anything else that you think we need to touch on from day one? Roy yeah, Williams, I mean, for the first time in his career, has lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That was Rob crazy. One game number nine hundred. Like we had a lot of stuff happen yesterday. It was wild. That's a crazy stat for Roy Williams. That's like that's insane to me. Like 
at this point for your first time in 30 tries losing in the first round. That, I don't know. That's just amazing to me with all the coaches you see get upset early, right? I mean, like all great coaches get knocked out early. Um, yeah, I mean, Purdue, I was expecting more. You know, to me, Jaden Ivey was great. Trevian Williams was good. They just didn't get enough from from their other dudes. Um, you know, what else? Uh, you well, know, Purdue, yeah. Purdue just feels like they're, they're a year away. And the right. other thing about it is, right. like, that was a tough matchup for them because North Texas kind of does the same things well that they do in terms of control tempo and run offense. Uh, the big difference was that North Texas had a guy that could take the game over by himself in, uh, in JV on Hamlet, who, by the way, like, did you see his dad? No, did I didn't. His dad? So, so Hamlet's dad um, came out in like a bright green T-shirt that had a picture of, of JV on airbrushed on it with yeah. like, all his like career accomplishments written on the t-shirt around him and he's walking around with like the ipad filming on his ipad as he's watching the game celebrating afterwards it was just like one of like the top five all-time dad moments in ncaa tournament history it was oh man jv on another dad moment another big dad moment rob was uh jim Beheim watching his son go for 30 um to, to beat San Diego State, and, and they killed him, like, from, from start to finish. And I kind of called this one. Like, again, it's not that hard to call. I just didn't feel like the Mountain West was that good. Not the ACC was either, but we always see Syracuse kind of come on when it matters, right? I mean, we've seen this lately. Um, you know, going to the Final Four a few years ago, and I don't know. I, I love Buddy Beheim. I love it. I love the dynamic. I wrote about it when Buddy, I don't know if you remember when he was in AAU ball years ago, and uh, sat down with Buddy for, for a while there in gym. And uh, it, it just, when, Bo- when Buddy admits that my best friend is my father, who mm-hmm. was, you know, 71 years old at the time, and Buddy's like 17, and they sit and they watch TV together and they hang out together. I, I just, I don't know. I, I love Buddy Bayham. So to see that was very cool. <laughs> Goodman had a long day yesterday, guys. Stop killing him. He's getting a little old. He's not ready for what this time. Saying? He said, call you the mailman because you're mailing in this pod. <laughs> I'm not mailing in the pod. I'm just, I'm, yeah, like, I'm tired, man. I'm, I'm running around. I'm getting, you know, no sleep. But uh, the good thing is actually not having to travel, man. Like, that's that's the big yep. thing. Not having to travel has uh, probably saved me here. But, yeah, I, yeah, listen, to me, I would say Syracuse for sure. Uh and then, obviously, we have to talk about uh, your Tennessee balls, Robert. Your oh, Tennessee that was balls. bad. Like it was, we we knew so, the writing was on the wall for the season. They just they they that that roster was not. It didn't fit. They don't have. I mean, I mean, we've, we've made this point over and over again. They don't have a great lead guard, and they don't have a great leader. There was no one on that team that could pull everybody together and say, "Fuck this! Stop playing like a bunch of bitches." You know, like you got to go out there and be better. You have to go out there and play hard. You have to care. They didn't have anyone that could step up and yell at people if they weren't doing it things the right way that would hold the players accountable. Like, coaches can only do so much. You got to have players that can hold players accountable. And the reason why I think that that's so obvious is, like, you could – when things were going well for Tennessee, they were rolling. But they didn't have anyone that could help them. It was a short window. It was a short window. Even if you go out and you watch the games where they played well, like the first 30 minutes against Alabama, they were awesome. Then Alabama responds, scores like eight straight points, and you could just see the heads hang. And Tennessee, they kind of expected 
uh, that that something was going to happen. So it just they didn't have that leadership on the roster, and it was just very very evident um, once you got past like the first ten or twelve games of the season. Um, all right, a couple other things that I just wanted to note uh, before we move on. Um, one is that um, where was I going with this? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, the the Florida Virginia Tech game was awesome. Right? The was that, that ended, was that the best game of the day by far? No, like I mean. Oral Roberts was the best game, wasn't Oral it? Oral Roberts was the best game of the day. But the Virginia Tech game, it gave us a true buzzer beater. We had yeah. controversy at the end. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of huge dunks. We had Colin Castleton do his little shimmy. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, so that was fun. That was yeah. Rutgers, I could not possibly be happier for, for the kids on that in that Rutgers program. Like, they yeah. – man, they, they – they really took it hard when they when the tournament got canceled last year because the the, the <laughs> veterans on that team committed to Steve Peichel so that they could build Rutgers up and get a shot at the tournament, and they did it, they did it, and then they didn't get the shot at the tournament, which sucks. I'm happy. I'm happy for Peichel, man. Pike's is like just the consummate professional. Never, uh, you know, I get enough coaches that that will uh, self promote. Pikes never does that. He just coaches his team. He just grinds it out. And um, very cool. Very cool that Rutgers uh, won a game. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, I think uh, what else? I mean, the one seed's pretty much rolled. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there was anything else interesting. I want to show this real quick. Joe just mentioned, did you ride the first half under wave? Yes, I did. I caught the end of it. I think I, I, I went. Um, I got three in a row, and then what was, was overall uh, out of the sixteen? What was it? Did it was the know? first, the first, yeah. the first ten games yesterday. The first half all yeah. went under, and I think it was someone. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was the first thirteen out of thirteen out of the first fourteen in the tournament because I think it was three and one in uh, on the first. You know four. what? I, I should have known this because honestly, when I got to Banker's Life, it's the first thing I thought about. I got there, and, and I'm watching Arkansas Colgate. There's nobody there. Like, it's so cavernous. It's so big. There probably were a decent – I don't know what the number was because not every percentage is 25. A lot of them are like – Purdue is 9. I think some of them are like 15%. So, honestly, it's 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 one of those things where um, I, I think it's tough for these kids, you know, playing in the big, big arenas. Maybe not Hinkle as much, but, but some of the other ones, Banker's Life, Lucas well, Oil. That's actually – that's actually a perfect segue into into talking about tonight's games because um, my one of my favorite bets of the day is uh, is UCSB plus seven and a half against yeah. Creighton. It's seven and a half right now at Bet Rivers, and there's there's a lot of reasons why. Um, one of them is that UCSB is a really really good, really talented mid major. One of them is because of the issues going on with Creighton right now. Um, but I got two stats for you. One, the uh, the last three teams that were ranked in the top 100 on Kempom from the Big West all won their first-round tournament games as a 12 or a 13 seed. And two, this game is being played in the Dome, right? Yeah. Yep. The, yep. uh, the, the, Creighton, the Creighton Blue Jays are a three-point shooting team. That's what they rely on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely will have an impact. Absolutely will have an impact. Yep. Um, yeah, I – Listen to to me uh, again. You want to go through your favorite picks for today, or what do you want? What do you want to do? Uh, we can do that. Um, if you guys are looking for a full breakdown of picks, uh, I have one up on the the Bet Rivers website. 
And what I can do is I can tweet out a link to uh, when we went through every single game in both of these regions on, I believe it was, was it Thursday at this point? I don't know. I can't keep my day straight. I think it was two days ago. Um, but we already went through every single game and talked about uh, where, what we liked in every game. So I think what we're just going to do here is is we can pick our favorites. And then if anyone has any questions or, or any games they want us to go over, we can probably do that too. So uh, I think that we should avoid talking about UCSB and talking about Ohio because I think that that would probably be both of our favorite picks today. Would I, is that correct yeah, in saying Virginia, that? Virginia got in at about noon yesterday, I'm told. They got in about noon yesterday. They'll have a shoot around today. You know, they've been in quarantine, haven't done anything all week. We know that we know the drill. And and we also know that neither one of us love Virginia to start this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like neither one of us were completely bought into Virginia to start. So I will just say yes. Uh Ohio would be uh I got it at I think I got it at eight earlier this week. Um, yeah, I, I got I got the money line and the points. I took both of them. Um so uh, what, what's your, just go, what, what you want me to go first? I'll go first. My favorite, yeah, my, favorite bet, um, my favorite bet today is probably Texas laying eight and a half against Abilene Christian. Um, Abilene Christian is a team that uh, really tries to force turnovers. They really try to overplay in the half court. They do a lot of similar things to what Baylor does and what Texas Tech does. And Texas has seen that before. And they've seen it at a much higher level than than what Abilene Christian is going to throw at them. Um, and uh, I love Texas's guards. The big thing about Abilene Christian is like they lead the nation in turnovers forced defensively, but they didn't really play any high major opponents. Most of the stuff that they did was in the Southland. So um, I am uh, I'm going to be on Texas here. I got Texas going to the Final Four. I just think that this is going to be another situation where we get a little bit overexcited because of the metrics for some of these mid major programs. And it's the same situation as something like Colgate and something like Winthrop. There's just not enough points uh, here based off of the talent disparity. So Texas is my favorite bet of the day. I think mine, honestly, is USC, given six and a half against Drake. You know, Drake, you know, they beat Wichita the other night. I watched that game in person. I just – Drake doesn't do that much for me. And USC is just so big on that front line. I don't know how there's any chance Drake's gonna gonna contain Mobley in this one. Um, you know, USC's got veteran, bigger guards. I like Drake's guards. I mean, they played well the other night, but you know, again, I, I thought they were playing against a Wichita State team that just honestly was probably fortunate to get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think USC can overwhelm them with their their size, their athleticism, and and again. The Mobley brothers should have a big day. Yep. I, I like USC in that spot too. Um, I love Eastern Washington. Uh, you know, yep. Kansas has um, – they're going to be without Jalen Wilson. David yep. McCormick hasn't practiced in, in a week and a half. And I know that you keep having people tell you that they're not worried about David McCormick not being in shape. Yeah. Um, it's I don't yeah. I, I just I refuse to buy that. I'm going to have to – if I if, if, he, if he's in perfect shape, if he's in game shape right now – then that's something that I'm willing to take a risk on and, and bet against. Um, Eastern Washington has played high major teams tough this year. They lost by five against Arizona and, and five against, I think it was Washington State, and five against St. Mary's, and then Oregon got them by 17. Um, so they've hung tough with good teams. Um, and I just, look, you take away a team's best perimeter player, you take away a team's best big guy, who I just don't believe David McCormick's going to be fully in shape. And um, yeah. Yeah. 
I like uh, I really like Eastern Washington right now. Bet Rivers has it at plus ten. And they got I mean, listen, Eastern Washington's got a kid named Tanner Groves who's he was the player of the year in the in the, in the Big Sky. Uh, plays hard as shit. He's physical. Like I, I've talked to people about them, and they listen. A lot of people thought Eastern Washington could win this game prior to all this. And again, you take away one of Bill Self's primary weapons offensively. Really, you know, Jalen Wilson, a guy that got out of the gates as well as just about anybody this season. Uh, and, and McCormick, we don't know what he's going to be able to do. Uh, you know, I, I think Tanner Groves could have a, a, a favorable matchup in this one. And they've got other guys who can who can make plays and and and, and make shots. So uh, I, I think Eastern Washington could pull the upset, but I'm with you. I, I'm definitely taking the points here. Definitely. Yep. All right. So what's your second favorite bet? Um, after that, I would say I probably go Colorado over Georgetown. You know, I know like the sentimental favorite and I'll be at that game is Patrick Ewing. Um, but you know, what Patrick Ewing doesn't have is McKinley, Wright, And, and I just think McKinley, Wright is one of the better point guards in the country that nobody knows about period. He's a senior. He's done it for a long time now. And I just think those are the guys that generally you're going to win with in the NCAA tournament. Georgetown, yeah, they play great. I mean, they have. They've done a great job, obviously, in the Big East tournament. But, you know, the overall body of the work still says that Georgetown's a very mediocre team. Mm-hmm. Now, the Pac-12 we thought was mediocre, but now the Pac-12 is the best conference in America, Rob. Yeah. Um, so I think 2-0. Did they lose yeah. a game last night? I don't think so. Um, so the my next my next pick is uh, yeah. is Iowa playing fourteen against Grand Canyon. Yeah, uh, you know that Grand Canyon has size and size, uh, but um, I'm worried. I, I don't think that Mick Guard can can stop Luca Garza one on one. And what you have to be able to do is stop. No Luka kidding. No, who can stop Garza one on one? Like Kofi Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson. Okay. There's That's like it. one human being, one and a half human beings. Uh, yeah, which is which is why Iowa is so good this year. And I just the the way that you have to be able to beat Iowa is to stop Luca Garza one on one, or just be an elite team when it comes to like digging and and, yeah. and trapping and being able to rotate. Now there's two problems. Um, one is I don't think Grand Canyon is that. And two, they have a six foot ten guy that they play at the four that's going to have to chase around one of Iowa's perimeter players. So not only are you going to have the issue of trying to guard Luca Garza one on one, but like who's there? Who's the? I, I can't remember the name of the other, um, the other big kid. It's, it's uh, escaped me at the moment. But he's going to have uh, to chase around like Keegan Murray or Joe Wieskamp. Alessandro Lever. Alessandro Lever. Yeah, I I just think, look, I. I I think Bryce Jude has done a good job with that Grand Canyon team, and they probably have more talent than people realize. But I, I just kind of feel like this is a game where Iowa gets it going. They create those mismatches. They get those open threes. They make those open threes, uh, and they end up winning by like twenty. That's, that's you don't think, you don't you don't give the the Scott Drew mojo like the the coaching tree to some degree. You don't. They're, they're three and zero right now. Just in case you didn't know, they're three and zero. Paul Mills won. Uh, Oral Roberts, Grant McCaslin. How, how is how is Bryce Drew a part of, part of Scott Drew's coaching tree? Well, because they live together, so they're, they're, they're I'm just calling them a tree. They're part of the tree. That's they're, all. They're not part of the tree. He's part of the tree. Scott Drew. You know, they're part of the tree. They're both part of Homer Drew's coaching tree. No, no, no. Like they're Scott Drew. No, I don't. Yes. No, I'm giving her. It's uh, it's it's friend, and and I know. Look, I know how much it, it's weird. Sitting here saying, "Yeah, I trust Fran McCaffrey in this spot." 
but I kind of trust Fran McCaffrey in this spot. All right, what All else right. you got? Um, what do you like? I mean, there's a couple that are that are intriguing that I can't really – I don't have a great feel on. That Maryland-UConn game still baffles me. Like, I just don't know what to do with it. I want to go UConn, um, but I'm just scared to go against Maryland. This Morcel uh, book night matchup is probably the best matchup of the day and probably the one that most of the NBA guys will be at. I think Book Knight's a guy that like the NBA guys are, are are so intrigued by, but they don't know where he's can he can he move all the way up in this draft to like going, you know, sixth in this draft. Can he move that high? If he has a good tournament, he can. Um right. he made some really impressive passes in the Big East tournament. And uh but the big thing with him is like we know what he is as an athlete, we know what he is as a slasher. Right. He's he's right. been he's been better as a passer. Like hitting roll the roll mans and pick and rolls, which makes a difference because I think that his his best future is as a combo. Um, you know, like ideally in something kind of like of how I'm going to just say Devin Booker, but like not. I, I don't think Donovan Mitchell. Level. So Donovan. yeah, like a Donovan Mitchell kind of role. That, that's actually much better. Um, and uh, but I mean, it's look, he's got to be able to shoot it and he's got to be able to, to handle the ball. And I don't think that he does either of those at an elite level yet. And he's not going to prove that today. Um, but I will tell you this, like you see the shirt that I got on. I, I do. This is, this is, uh, this is such an uncomfortable yeah. matchup for me. I, I did not like this matchup. The one thing that makes me feel good about it is that, um, the big 10 has kind of had some struggles. And I, I think that, uh, this is something where, um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think other than the more sell book night matchup, I think UConn is, is, is kind of better across the board, but we'll see. Doesn't feel great. Definitely doesn't feel great. Um, the other one that I'm kind of struggling with in this game is Oregon against VCU. I think, I mean, I, I think you got to go with VCU in that spot. That just seems like too many points, but it's not very, it's not comfortable at all. It is. It's a lot of points, but, but anytime you bet against Dana Altman, it scares you, right? Like you, you just, you don't want to bet against Dana Altman, but yes, I think it is a lot of points. And I think ultimately, you know, listen, how many games were, were super close yesterday? That, that went within – I don't have it in front of me. Do you know the, the answer to that? Like how many were like three or less points gained? Not many, right? Ohio, Ohio State, that one. What other game went within three points yesterday, Rob? Well, I mean, we had a, we had an overtime. We had two other overtime games, but like that doesn't really count. The other overtime really. game wasn't within three. Yeah. So I believe – was there one game that was within three points? One game? Yeah, that's it. So aren't we looking at a day where you think we're going to have a bunch of those? Usually we get that first day. A lot of times we do. We get that first day that's kind of been okay. And the second day is a bunch well, of buzzers. I thought, I thought yesterday – I mean, yesterday was more than just like okay basketball. You know, like – Yeah, look, but it wasn't – Florida, Florida won by five. But that was a buzzer beater in a game that went to overtime. North Texas and Purdue were like went to overtime. No, no, so I get it. I get it. There were some good games, but there were, there were some duds too – and 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 a lot of them weren't like like even went through Villanova. It was never like in doubt, right? It was never the only thing in doubt was whether they were going to cover. That was it mm-hmm. for the whole game. So I just I'm I'm wondering if today is going to be that day, Rob, where where we get. And I think it is because looking through the schedule, you see a lot more games to me that aren't going to be, you know, yeah, Alabama, Iona could absolutely be a wrap. What other game do you look at down Gonzaga? Those are the two. But what other game do you look at and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a route. I don't even need to watch that one. Even Michigan, like 
yeah, they, they'll probably beat the hell out of Texas Southern. But you and I both know Texas Southern has high major dudes. Yep. They have high major talent, right? Like yeah, they can I mean, play with Michigan for a while, and it wouldn't shock you. Yeah, um, I, Texas Southern is an interesting one. I I, I don't think Alabama's gonna um, gonna be tested all that much by by Iona. Uh, I, I just I, I like Alabama to kind of win on a route there. But beyond that, yeah. like there's a lot of there's a lot of games that could get really weird. That's um, what I'm saying. Oh, no, Iowa, think- Iowa, Grand Canyon. Like the the ones in the two seeds, I think will will have a fairly easy time of it. Yeah. Actually, now that you mention it, the the Gonzaga first half line against Norfolk State. Norfolk State's going to play a zone and try to press Gonzaga. Like that's that, that shit is not going to go well. Yeah, that, that's not good. You Rob can't Jones zone Gonzaga, and you don't want to press Gonzaga. So, um, I think we touched on basically everything. We got we got to before we go, just because oh, Mar- I, I tweeted Marquette. it. Yeah, we 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 got to go through a little Marquette stuff, yeah. and um, and I got to say hello to the Indiana fans, all, all the Indiana fans out there that are um. Flooding my my DMs. Uh, thank you for your kind words. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I don't know why they're so upset. Like all I did was say, like, there's no way in hell Brad Stevens is coming to Bloomington, and they kept coming. And then some dude tweeted yesterday. I don't know who that was. Some dude tweeted that it was done with Brad Stevens. So then I had to play the game again yesterday and try to get to Brad and. Um, uh, you know, pregame availability for the Celtics. I got on there because I covered the Celtics enough and asked him the first question. And he just reiterated, I guess, a little bit stronger. I mean, I just asked him flat out. I'm like, you know, what are the, what are the chances, you know, you, 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 you're considering Indiana? And he said, I'm not. I'm not. Let's move on. He gave a great quote. I don't know if you well, saw his well, quote. Yeah, the, the problem was, and and what he really just needs needed to do was um, – Say it right up front. Like I, I listened to the whole thing that he said, and it was right. it was a it was a two minute and thirty two second answer to your question. And he talked about how much he loves the state of Indiana, and he talked about how special it would be to go back, and he talked about how yeah. great this this and that is. And and instead of just saying, "Look, I'm I'm not taking Indiana, but this is how I feel about the place," he said, "This is how I feel about the place." And at the end, he was like, "I'm staying at at I'm not I'm not leaving." So. What happens is you have all of these people that are going to listen to that whole quote and not pay and, and pay attention to how much he talks about how much he loves Indiana right. instead and and read into that instead of saying okay uh, he's not coming this is what he said so um, that's just I, I mean if you really want to nip this in the bud just just say it like just don't you don't have to yeah he, well, he was trying to be respectful he was trying to be respectful of Indiana because you know as we knew no, he, I, he, I get he, it I get it and you can be very respectful but right, you can also right. just say look I'm not. I'm, I'm not going right now. It was wishy-washy, his first one earlier in the week, and that's why I wanted yeah. to get him again of just, hey, Brad, are you going or aren't you? Are you considering it or aren't you? Are you going to be the Celtics coach? Yeah. And he said, like, it, the best quote to basically say I'm not leaving was he said, like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a, I'm a 44-year-old mass hole. Uh, I eat Dunkin' Donuts. I swerve around the, the you know, on the road, and I root for the Patriots. And yeah. uh, so it's over. Uh, Indiana fans, you're not getting Brad Stevens. The 10 year deal worth, you know, 65 million. It didn't matter what the number was either, Rob. Didn't matter. The money was irrelevant to Brad Stevens. Did he consider it? I don't know. I mean, again, only him and his he and his wife Tracy probably know the answer to that. Uh, I think he listened because again, it's Indiana and that's Brad Stevens. I think he listened and ultimately um 
he's not going to Indiana. And and now the question is, who is going to Indiana? That's that's the big question now, Rob. Well, here's here's the thing about it that people need to understand is that the life of an NBA coach is so much less stressful than the life of a uh, of a of a college basketball coach. Like when you're in college, you have to you have to go out and you have to recruit and you have to deal with boosters and you have to deal with administration and you are the one whose job's on the line if your players do something bad off the court in, in the NBA uh, it's the players whose job's on the line if they do something bad off the court um, it, it's it, it, there's so much more involved with it and it's so much more 24-7 in the NBA, you, go out, you coach Brad. and you come home and, and that's it and you go to bed. Know. here's the best quote Brad ever gave me he said you know when I when I was at Butler I used to drive home and my phone wouldn't stop ringing I'd either be calling people or they'd call me now I drive home from practice, nobody calls me. I'm like looking for people to talk to. That's mm-hmm. the biggest difference from, you know, obviously there's more travel in the NBA overall, but they get the off season. He doesn't have to worry about being on the phone when he's not, he's coaching. He's just coaching. So yeah. he, he's not coming back to college, period. Um, that's over Indiana fans. Who, so they, they still, as, as of yesterday, Obviously, they were still trying to work through this Brad Stevens thing, Dolson was, and see what they could get, if they could make get any traction. Now, they got to start moving in a different direction, obviously. And is that direction uh, Chris Beard? Is it John Beeline? Is it one of their own? Keith Smart, Mike Woodson, somebody like that. Do they look Porter Moser if he beats Illinois? Do they look that that route? Um, who do you go after? Who do you go after for you? Oh man, it's tough. I'm, like if it's me, yeah. what I would do is I would I would get I would go out and try to get John Beeline, and I would find a way to get some kind of Indiana alum associated with that. Maybe like right. a Dame Fife, maybe a Keith, like somebody to to put on the staff. Albert Cheney, you could you yeah. could load up Michael Lewis from UCLA. You could get all of them if you wanted. Yeah, um, get someone even if you got to term it like turn them as like the associate head coach or the coach in waiting or something like that. Get somebody. Get somebody that has shown the ability to develop a program and build a program um, and get somebody on the staff that will be an Indiana guy to kind of alleviate some of the immediacy that the Indiana fans are feeling. Like, I feel like if you have someone there that they know and love that has been with the program and been around the program, that it makes it that much easier to tolerate the fact that you're looking at like a three or four year rebuilding job. Like, this isn't going to be a snap of the fingers kind of thing. Right, you know, at Indiana, I think that you need a, like someone that can come in and take a couple of years and really build this thing from the ground up. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be what ends up happening. I don't even know if he can hire Zombie Line at this point after what happened in the way that he uh, his well, tenure with Cleveland ended. That's the big question I have is like you know people kind of forget about the way it ended with Beeline and and obviously in the current climate we're in, does that follow John Beeline or is he able to get another big time job like Marquette without? worrying about the repercussions and the backlash and can he recruit at the same level? Um, now, the one thing with John Beeline, it's not like they really uh, succeeded at Michigan with like top 20 players. In fact, the highest rated guy he ever got was Mitch McGarry. And, and how did that turn out? So, yeah, um, I mean, what he did was he, he was great at identifying the players that fit specifically into what he wanted to do and also going and finding guys that were there, were under recruited um, yeah. mostly because of age, right, or because they needed like cert- one certain thing develop uh, a certain level of development. Like Karis yep. LeVert was too skinny. Uh, let's bring him in. Let's redshirt him. Let's put some weight on him and see what happens. Uh, go out and get Franz Wagner or Mo Wagner. Yeah, you know what? They're young for young for their age. Let's bring him in. 
um, and let's see what yeah. happens. Like that's what uh, Duncan Robinson. Yeah, he's a great shooter. Let's bring him in and let's see what happens. Like that's what he was great at doing. And I think that that's that's what you need right now at Indiana is to have a guy that can come in, not have to worry about recruiting just five stars and get it done. I don't know if that's going to be the option that they go to. You would, I would know. go Beard. I would I would empty the vault for Chris Beard. I would empty the vault. You know, again, I don't know if he leaves Lubbock. You know, he's already making four points something. Now, Indiana was willing to pay uh, Brad, obviously, like six and a half, something in that vicinity. You know, could you get Beard for five, a, a number that starts with five? Well, I don't know. Let me ask you this. If you're Chris Beard, right, and you're, you're, you're from Texas, you're living in West Texas, your yep. family's in West Texas, yep. um, do you want to leave a place where they love you, where getting to the tournament is celebrated, where getting a six seed and winning a game is considered a great season, to go to a place where you're living in the fishbowl? I mean, he's proven that he can go to a national title game. Like if DeAndre Hunter doesn't hit that three at the yeah. end of regulation in the national title game, like he yeah, wins a national title at Texas Tech. Like you don't yeah. have he doesn't have to leave Lubbock to go be able to win a it's national just title. Harder. It's just everything's harder because it's Lubbock. It's harder to recruit guys yeah. than it is at Indiana. It's harder to recruit guys than it is at, you know, if, if another big time job, if Arizona opened up, right? Like it's just harder. He can do it. And he's proven he can do it, but to do it over and over and over again. Is it is it weird for me to say that I would rather have Arizona than have Indiana at this point? Just because I think that you can still kind of get the same caliber of talent. There's still the same level of expectation. Yeah. There's still like yeah. the same kind of fan passion, but you don't have – I feel like the pressure to win at Indiana is so much greater that you just it's, – it's, it's significantly less stressful on you dealing with with what you got to deal with at Arizona than what you got to deal with at Indiana. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's only one difference that Arizona's not open right now. Yeah. Indiana yeah. is. That's that's the big difference. So no, right no, now yeah. I know what you're saying. I was just trying to make a point overall. Um yeah, I think they're similar. I've always said Arizona and Indiana are like similar levels, similar type jobs, not top, you know, 10 jobs anymore, but you know, kind of right around there, somewhere in that 10 to 15 range probably. Uh, all right, let, let's let's talk about Marquette before we get moving. Yeah, and, uh, and, and Minnesota. If you got anything on Minnesota, there were people in the chat asking about Minnesota. Okay. Um, we'll start with Marquette. We'll start Marquette, with Marquette. I mean, look, that's the best funded school in the Big East. It's one of the best funded schools in terms of resources in in, yeah. in the high major ranks. Um, and Wojo went to two NCAA tournaments in seven years. That that should yeah. never he be considered acceptable. He didn't win a tournament game in seven years at Marquette. Like you can't do that. You can't do that. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you some scoop here. All right, hit me. No, this is like, yeah, this is crazy. Um, I'm told that there was a scenario on the table in which uh, Wojo could have come back if he had changed his staff, and and he didn't. He didn't change his staff. He didn't want to change his staff. He didn't want to bring in uh, another, you know, veteran coach who could help him. Um, so he he. He basically set him out. How about that? Loyal to his guys. I yep. actually respect that a little bit. You do, but you're like, you scratch your head also. Like, really? That's yeah. that's going to be the holdup? Um, so, all right, where does Marquette go? As you said, you know, unbelievable tradition, resources, all of it. Um, a job that I, I think <clears throat> I think Porter Moser covets and has coveted from what I'm told according to people close to him. Um, 
Shaka Smart, a guy who's from Wisconsin, um, could he go back there after the way he might feel he's been treated? And, and fairly over the last couple of years, I mean, again, very close to being fired by Chris Delcani, their, their AD, if not for a huge buyout. Does Shaka say, hey, I'm, I'm taking my ball and I'm going back closer to home? Um, he's losing a lot after this year, Rob, a lot. So now would be the time to do it if you do it. Um, Beeline, you know, got to be in the mix there, Marquette, if you can hire him. Again, the big question is, as an administration, are you comfortable bringing in John Beeline? Um, and then a name to watch is Pat Kelsey, I think. You know, I think he's a little outside the box, but he coached Xavier. He's got Midwest ties, too. He's not just a Winthrop guy and a, and a, and a Southern guy. He's got mid, a lot of Midwest, more Midwest ties. So, you know, Shaka, Beeline, Porter Moser, Pat Kelsey, those are a few names that I think will be in the mix for Marquette early. Didn't Shaka, when when they hired Wojo, when, when Buzz yeah. left, like wasn't yeah. wasn't Shaka like heavy yes. in the mix there? Yes, he interviewed. He talked, if I'm, he talked to the AD. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I I feel like I remember somebody reporting that um that Shaka was gonna take the Marquette job. Like there was a while there, there was like expectation that he was gone and he was taking the Marquette job. Was that like Dockage in Greenberg when they rec- reported that Steve Alford took the Indiana job? No, um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say who it is. I'll I'll tell you off the air. I don't want to. I don't right, want to put right. anybody on. Oh, I like the, I like the person. Um, all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, look, that's a that's a great job if you can get it. A great job if you can get it. Uh, if you're Shaka, do you go? If you're Shaka, do you do you leave Texas now and go to Marquette? Um, I. You might. You might. It's a basketball job. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, you. I think. I think it would be maybe a savvy decision because, yeah. like, you're going to have to start over next year. Like, you're probably yeah. losing Greg Greg Brown. You're probably losing Kai Jones. Matt Coleman's gone because he's a senior. Uh, Jericho Sims is gone because he's a senior, and you're going to have to basically start over from scratch. And how much leeway are you going to get from that administration? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's tough. All right. Uh, anything on Minnesota? I feel like there's just uh, such a long line of people that make sense. Long there. line. Long line right now. They're trying to figure it out between, you know, the Craig Smiths or, you know, the B-lines, the uh, uh, Nico Medveds, the, you know, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be Muss. I, I think Dutchers, again, got a low number in his buyout to go to Minnesota if he really wants to do it. So, I, yeah, I think they're trying to figure this whole thing out right now. Can they get, you know, Porter Moser? Are they going uh, minority candidate after the recent um, article uh, in the Minneapolis Star Tribune that pointed out the lack of diversity among the coaches in the department? So we'll, we'll kind of see. I think that's still early stages. you got to remember um, a lot of these are going to go slower. They're going to move slower because, again, it's not like everybody's in Indy right now and, and the ADs can interview with everybody in person. They got to do a, a round of Zoom calls and then probably get it down to two or three and then go out and meet those two or three in person. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, yep. Big thing for Minnesota, you got to find somebody that is going to be able to keep that, like, that, that second tier of talent. Like, I'm not saying that you have to keep the Jalen Suggs and the Chet Holmgrens and the Trey Jones and those guys in Minneapolis, because you're probably not going to, but you have to find somebody that can keep that next tier of talent so that you can get all of the, uh, 
all of the Daniel Oturos, right? Make sure that every single Daniel Oturo that comes out of um, Minneapolis goes to yeah. the University of Minnesota. Get McKinley right there. Make sure you get every McKinley right that comes out of out of the state of Minnesota goes to the University of Minnesota. That's what you got to do. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's what we got. Right. Big day, big day. It starts with me at uh, is the first game the Georgetown game. That's the game I'm going to be at. Yeah, twelve fifteen. I got to get moving here. I got to get ready. You got to go. You got to take a shower. You got to clean yourself up. You got to not- work off. You got to work off that hangover. Maybe get a cup of Dunkin'. Like you're struggling right now. I got to find Dunkin'. I got to find Dunkin' out. <laughs> That's, that's text, text Chris Mack. I guarantee Chris Mack knows where the, the first. He probably does. No, yeah, every I'm, city I'm in America. A little early. Get some yeah. Duncan. All right, guys. We'll Later. see you tomorrow morning. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.